So I've been watching a lot of Louis C.K. and that's put me in a weird place. Uh, but you know, YouTube algorithms and shit—they're like, hey, you might like this. Yeah, you can't deny those. You can't just <laughs> not click on it, right? I'm like, well, they know me. It's a relationship. They they took the time to be like, I I think Christian would really so, like this. So you trust? The, oh, it's just out of consideration for the algorithm. That's kind of what I think because, like, here's the thing: it's like what they talk about is emotional bids, right? So, like, if I'm in a car with Dolores and Dor- Dolores really likes. Uh, uh, like a graffiti mural or something. And she's like, oh my God, it's a graffiti mural. And I'm like, I'm driving. I don't give a fuck. If I just completely ignore it, I'm kind of an asshole because it's not about the graffiti thing. It's about an emotional bit. She threw two, she threw the little, the small blind in there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and it's up to me to match that emotional bid. I, I just want to, I feel like where you're going with this is you're going to compare <laughs> hurting your wife's feelings to uh, respecting the emotional, uh, you know, uh, well-being of the algorithm on YouTube. Right. It's, you have to receive the emotional bid. And if the algorithm was like, I think Christian would like, this means something to me. And so then, in one breath you go, yeah, look at that graffiti. And in the other, I guess I'll watch Louis CK. Yeah, that's, that's exactly the thought process. <laughs> and I'm driving, so it's not safe in any scenario, but no, so I'm watching a lot of Louis CK and like, that's a whole thing where like the guy's funny, like, and I'm not saying like, Oh, he gets a pass. I'm not saying any of that. But it's, it, it, it is getting to the point where it's like, uh, there's a lot of problematic people we deal with. And uh, uh-huh. I, I'm trying to figure out how to reconcile those feelings between someone who is an arguably talented. Because like, let's take it away from sexual assault for a second. Let's think about like other fallen heroes. Let's think about Lance Armstrong or something, right? Mm-hmm. Lance Armstrong, cancer survivor. Like, oh my God, he's, he's fucking, he's inspiration, inspiration. And then he ends up being fucking found out for doing all those steroids and shit. And so it takes away that achievement. Sure, a little bit, but should it take it away completely? Like, do you cancel no. the? Yeah, and that's kind I, of, uh, like, and I think Bill Burr said it. You know, on Conan, he's like, "Our roided up guy beat your roided up guy. They were all on roids, so what's the problem?" And it's like, uh, still worked hard for it. He just right. fucking lied about it. He was a hypocrite. Right, and that's and, and that's and that's the more upsetting thing because when I think about the Louis thing, I was initially like, I hope not. Because I'd seen what he'd done in his show and the writing and the like uh, affinity he has for his daughters and the and, and Pamela Adlin, right? Like, and just like yeah. the strong characterization. So I was like, I really hope not. But the truth is, you could be totally an ally of something and still be guilty of that shit. And I do think inherently, I don't think Louis C.K. is like some filthy, filthy fucking sexist, like chauvinist, anti feminist movement. I think that he's probably a decent dude who did some fucked up shit. And I think that's the truth. We have to be able to hold those two ideas in our head because like, certainly I would like to think that I'm an ally. I've certainly behaved less than great. Now I've never done anything without anyone's consent, but I've still done things that would be perceived as disrespectful to women. And that's the weird fucking dichotomy is that like, if you do one, it means that you are incapable of being the other. And I don't think that's the truth, man. Hmm. So you're you're uh, you're feeling good about Louis C.K. is what you're saying? I'm feeling good. I just think he's it. funny. I think he's funny. It's so funny, you know. Like I watched that, uh, of course, but maybe bit, and that's just a yeah. good bit. It's a good bit. It's good. It's a good bit. Here, here, here's my my thing, and the place that I'm coming to, and I think the 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 leap that I'm able to to make now, and I'm not saying that I won't come back to Louis C.K. I think that we're both more in the same place on this than I'm really saying right now. We've talked about it before though. Um, Is that it's, it's very easy for me to just say, yeah, he's funny. He's, he's a unique voice or whatever, but there are all these other funny people that I have to lean on that aren't nearly as problematic. Sure. And, and, And it's the same thing with like someone like fucking Kanye or whatever. It's like, I know he's a fucking genius and that I should listen to his music, but he's also fucking problematic in more ways than one. And I don't need to have that fucking like uh, battle in my head where I'm like, yeah, he's brilliant, but you know, so I just don't engage with it because there are so many other talents out there that I can't engage with. I agree with that. But you know, what's interesting is just like, I've always made the argument that art builds bridges and stuff. Maybe that's like naive, but so today, like a quarterback, Drew Brees, he's the, I'm sure you kind of tangentially know who Drew Brees is, right? He's the quarterback for the Saints. Uh, and he came out and was talking about this whole police riot thing. Uh, mm-hmm. And he was like, I'll never be okay with someone disrespecting the flag. Okay. And here's the thing. When you hear that kind of rhetoric, even though it's explained over and over again, it's from idiots. It's from idiots who want to fall back on something that sounds technically good, even if they're making shit up, but they're morons. By virtue of being a quarterback, someone where you have to make a thousand split decisions uh, at a second, you've got a college education. You're not a dummy. 
So when he says it, you're just a racist sanctioning some shit. You know what I'm saying? And so my, my point is this, that we were, we were getting into a debate earlier, some friends of mine about like, well, can you separate, can the team separate his ideology from him as a player? You know, like, our, and, and that's what sports often do. It's people from different socioeconomic backgrounds, different religious upbringings and stuff like that. All that gets checked out the door. They put on a uniform. They have a unified purpose. And I think that's the thing. It's like, can we all have a unified purpose for art? Or is like, that is so different. There is no separating it. Uh, wait, what unified purpose for art? Cause you just leaned back. Because the unified purpose for art, I think, would be to keep building bridges, to keep communication going, you know, like. Uh, but there, between there, who and who, though? Between anybody, because I think that's the thing about art. It's universal, like universality. It's like there is a human overlap and experience culturally, you know what I mean? Like Puerto Ricans aren't Greeks, but I bet you we do a lot of the same things, as my mom kept telling me when she kept trying to force me to see that Greek movie. You know what I mean? So it's so, like, and I, I just want to understand you. Um, do you are you saying that uh, by not engaging with someone like Kanye or Drew, Drew Brees, for example, I'm uh, burning a bridge or or not allowing a bridge to be made, or is there a separate thing you're saying? Yeah, kind of. Because the problem with that is that we think of their reasoning as other and bad, and it is. Okay, mm -hmm. but from their perspective, as, as Anakin Skywalker said, from my perspective, the Jedi are evil. It's like, okay, guy, well, if you take all day twisting things around, you can make a perspective that makes sense. But we wouldn't want that bridge of communication to be close to them. Uh, so when they're making art, you know, and art is this universal thing that in theory shouldn't be political, shouldn't have, you know stances on on uh, on some on, on supremacy, you know what I'm saying? like, it should be this egalitarian thing. Everyone should have access to art. Everyone should be able to make art. It should be this expression that should be universal. And so that's what I'm saying is like, okay, is this team going to be able to check all that ideology at the door when something is like that opposing to the beliefs that, that they have? Or similarly with Kanye, like, are you ever going to be able to check that at the door to just be able to like the music? Uh, and I guess that's what I'm saying is just like, what? art is supposed to be this thing that supersedes personal belief, I think, in a way. Well, let me ask you this. Who, who would I, in this scenario, be failing? Would I be failing myself by not listening to Kanye or would I be failing Kanye? I, 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 think, I think it's just a failure on both ways. Uh, and I'm not decrying your decision yeah, to no, do that, I, by the way. I just want to point that out. I just, I, what I'm saying is that to be closed off from something like the art is so good that maybe some part of it can affect you. Not in a mm -hmm. political way, but just that it touches you, like in the way that art is supposed to touch you. Um, and, and likewise, I think the problem is like, if you are a person who likes his music, you, you find commonality with a person that politically you're like, what the fuck are you doing? And it's that commonality that can at least lead to a dialogue. And I guess that's what I'm saying. It's a failure of just communication on both ways, in my opinion. Yeah, I, 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 I hear what you're saying. I, I disagree, honestly, uh, j just on the level of uh, we got enough going on. I don't need to have a dialogue with, with Kanye or his music at this point. And, and maybe one day I will, but, but where I'm at right now, like fucking nation cities are fucking on lockdown. There's curfews happening. There's Rona going rampant. Uh, we all have enough stressors day to day. Um, I, I don't, I don't need to be stressed about Kanye too. So, so that, that, that's more my point is like, I'm putting him on the back burner and he might stay there for a while. You know, he might, I, I might never fucking pick him up and say, okay, I'm going to listen to your stuff now. Uh, but I might one day right now is not the time for it. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of at that point, especially just in general with problematic people. It's like, uh, I'm, I'm good because again, there, there's so many other, uh, avenues of communication and dialogues or whatever that I can be having with all sorts of other people by listening to Kanye. I'm therefore like kind of shutting out another voice just, just through the act of not listening to them. Right. I guess so. I just don't know why choosing to listen to one thing means you're not listening to another. I guess you're just saying in the, t in the scope of limited uh, time and space. Yeah, like you, I just you know. literally can't listen to two <laughs> things at once. I mean, I could, it wouldn't yeah. sound very good, but yeah. you know. Again, I'm not decrying it. I mean, like, here's the thing. You somehow got away from the Kanye train this long. Don't get on it, baby. Like, you're good. I got on it when I was like 13. That was the fucking problem, man. Like, All Falls Down came out. We were like, holy shit, Jesus walks. Like, right. that was a banger, you know? So, like, we're, we're held hostage. This is speed. Mm -hmm. You know, like we just can't go below that threshold, guys. And, and what is Kanye the bus? Yes, and Dennis Hopper. He is the bus and Dennis Hopper simultaneously. <laughs>
He's going to blow himself up. It's fucked up, bro. It's fucked up. It uh, tracks. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I didn't mean to, to start the show on a weird fucking... I mean, but let's be honest, man. Like, shit's, shit's nuts. I mean, how about before we get too depressing, can I just complain about something that's weird and innocuous, which is, like, foods? Sure. Foods are you dumb. know me. I, l- I love to... Wait. <laughs> foods are dumb, and I just... I was about to say I love foods, and you're like, they're dumb right out of the gate uh what's up well what i what i mean is this is that everyone has personal preferences and stuff like that right so it's Mm -hmm. like people have these like uh refined palates and they want to you know eat fucking you know uh, what are those things that pigs (laughs) find truffles (laughs) like this is not and truffles are fine i'm not being shitty but um what i'm saying is like so i'm like a puerto rican we should i should be all about that seafood but i don't really like seafood man i gotta be honest like i like shrimp shrimp's fine i think lobster's (laughs) fine i guess but like i'm not a salmon guy my mom was making dinner today and she was like oh look at the salmon yum yum I'm like i don't give a fuck about this this is disgusting to me right but if it's got a shell you're all on board <laughs> not even really like i know that's i don't eat lobster enough to even really fathom the logistics of like oh shit you can, I gotta- just, you can tolerate it is what you're saying <laughs> i've okay. had it before and it didn't destroy me you know what i mean uh but but i just think about food in general which is like there's just so many things that i haven't tried and don't want to try <laughs> and uh i just i like uh, you're a big foodie and i was just trying to think about this because like i think you're a foodie and more in thought than in practice yeah i mean i can't afford to be an actual foodie but i i i watch you know i've talked about it a hundred fucking times i watch a lot of cooking shows it's like my go-to guilty pleasure i'm not even guilty about it fuck it i just enjoy it you know uh from uh gordon ramsay's reality tv trash to the uh elevated art that is chef's table um you know i fu- i fucking love food stuff yeah so are are you against like the uh the 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 classiness aspect like the the truffle and the or are you just against the concept of food would you rather it be like a a soylent uh type of deal not soylent green but just soylent where it's just like all plant based uh, shakes that taste like nothing and we just I think, get I nutrition think, i think food's a mistake you know oh, what I mean? God. Like if we could have it in, in pill form, we'd be much better off. You know, but because 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 think about this: like like the mm. dopamine spike that you get from eating a cheeseburger when you're drunk at two a.m. in the morning is yeah more or less the same dopamine spike you get by eating at some upscale place. Like it's going to taste better, but the but the end effect is the same thing. You know what I mean? In the same way that ten dollar wine is going to be the same end goal as fucking two hundred dollar wine. One's going to be way more mm. enjoyable of an experience, but it's like you're getting to the same place. And I'm just thinking about there's like a whole section of cuisine that I don't know, don't fuck with, don't care about. Uh, and it seems that the people who take cuisine so serious, especially, especially within the food industry themselves, chefs yeah. are the most self-serious fuckboys in the entire world. And it's nuts, like the, the, the level of fucking snobbery and hierarchy. And I don't know. I don't want to be mean about it. I mean, I, I think some of them can be. I think that some of them are, are uh, making food an experience, you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's like if you're willing to pay for it every now and then, I think it's a worthwhile endeavor to, to say, fuck it, splurge a little bit and try something special that you can't get out of a $2 cheeseburger, you know, because, yeah, you're, you're right. Everything turns to poop in the end. You know, it all serves the same purpose. I, I get that. what you're saying. <laughs> well... <laughs> you didn't have to you're putting the hat back on um but but uh i I, yeah i would say uh you know uh food is a special thing it brings people together you know if we all just pop pills and everything where where would the family be at that point christian where would we all be if we didn't all sit down at the table together you know just digging into some chicken pot pie some collard greens i don't think i've ever had a chicken pot pie i don't actually know i have and I didn't like it. I don't know why that was. What's the best pie? Shepherd's pie. What? Really? That's a hot take. Yeah, pie. I like shepherd's pie. I've never had a pie. You've never had a single pie, not a dessert pie or a savory pie. You've never had a circular uh, situation with a crust. I had a chocolate peanut butter pie, but that seems like not really a pie. That's like a. That's cake. the only one. That's the only one you've had. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, like if you count like a fucking McDonald's apple pie, but that's. It's not real. Weird. Wow. So you you you've been like uh, pieless your entire life. Listen. Do you want to talk about my upbringing? I didn't have stockings until I was twenty six years old at, at Christmas. Ever. <laughs> do you know how fucking sad that was to find out that you were the the stockingless freak like of your neighborhood? When did you find that out? 
when Dolores was like, everyone has stockings, Christian. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, this is why you me. hate Christmas, isn't it? <laughs> it's just because you realize you didn't have stockings growing up. You didn't have the Christmas that everybody else had. I just don't like, it's a bullshit holiday. It's fine. It's like, if we, if we all adhered to the holiday, it would be a beautiful thing, but we don't adhere to the holiday. Uh, and there's also the whole secularism of it or lack thereof, like that, that, that it's a very exclusive holiday uh, angle you know the war on christmas man it's the most imaginary war ever i mean it's it's a jolly fat man who lives with a bunch of elves in an inhospitably cold place and he makes toys that have branding from major corporations on them and gives them to children so like i don't understand what the problem is yeah like because yeah. that's the truth about santa claus if we're being real for fucking two seconds like especially if all the corporations are having their the you know the build the official have a little stamps and shit like that like that's very clearly that these elves are all slaves this is a sweatshop they're putting in 19 20 hour days Um, well i remember asking my parents i was like hey like why why does this why does santa claus make something that says hasbro on it yeah they didn't they didn't have any they gave me some bullshit answer like oh well he just helps hasbro or something like that and i was like all right because i'm a child yeah well you didn't you you knew enough to ask but not to follow up (laughs) like that was well yeah i mean i wanted to believe in the magic i didn't want to deconstruct that just yet and i remember talking to my you know parents and i was like "Uh, santa claus isn't real right i was like seven or something or eight and like my mom started crying my dad was like laughing I actually really like that. I like that story a lot because, like, I, I will be well, because, like, your mom was saw it as a loss of innocence. Your dad is laughing at your mom's emotional trauma, like, which I find <laughs> funny. Uh, similarly, when my because I was going to ask you when you found it, how old were you when when you lost all the magic? Because I think I was around seven or eight too, and my mom oh, was about, even sa- sa- about, about Santa Claus. Yeah, or like any of that other shit. Like, and I guess I never really believed in the Easter Bunny, but I yeah, it, like, it was why, around why seven or eight. Uh, the Easter Bunny scared the shit out of me, just the concept of it. But I, I didn't grow up in a religious household, so just the idea of a gigantic rabbit, you know, with the teeth and everything, just yeah. leaving eggs everywhere, and I was like, rabbits don't lay eggs. What's going on? Why does this rabbit have eggs? Right, there's universe problems with the Easter Bunny. <laughs> that, yeah, like like if that was a script, that would be the first note. Wait, wait, wait a minute, guys, a mammal, mammal. What are we doing here? Go send it back. <laughs> it's like fertility and stuff, and it's like, why are we telling kids about fertility with the eggs and the fucking rabbit is running around? And what does that have to do with Jesus rising again? Whatever, it doesn't matter. There's an answer to all that, and I don't care. You know, it's not the point. Well, I don't but, know but how is we it, got but, on all this, but no, but but isn't the answer of all that that like the Christians stole pagan holidays, but weren't even smart enough to bring in their own animals to replace them? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it'd be like if I bought a Chuck E. Cheese and named it something else, but left the actual Chuck E. Cheese animated band in there. Like, what are you doing? The the, the bunnies they, were they a holdover. <laughs> slapped their branding on it. It's like Disney buying a you know 20th Century Fox, and they just call it Disney Fox or whatever it is now. Yeah, uh, 20th Century Studios. Yeah, 20th Century Studios. They took out the Fox. Which is cool, because every time I'm on the highway and I pass it, it's just called Century City. And I'm like, yeah. That's Yo. It's pretty, cool. pretty nice. cool. You, know? you ever go yeah. in there? No. You're like, hey, I'm a director. Fox? No. You know what I just found out? Toilet Monster's cousin uh, is Netflix famous. She was on the Eliza Scheringer sketch show. I can't say her name, nor nor will I. <laughs> Out of solidarity, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, but 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 what was I saying? Yeah, she's on that sketch show. I saw it. I was like looking on IMDb today, and I fucking saw that. I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, man! And it made me mad. Why did that make you mad? Fuck her. Je- That's je- why. Jealousy? She's, she's a bad. No, she's just a really bad person. And I'm not trying oh. to like. I'm not gonna say their name or anything, so it's fine. But you know, just a profoundly bad human being, and. Uh, uh, and it makes you sad getting any kind of recognition or notoriety yeah like i'm not about that um it's not about the notoriety my issue max because i feel like you're undercutting me i feel like you're coming at me like this is sour grapes but it's not sour grapes it's it's regular grapes it's me just like you know being like this is a bad person and yeah well you need to remember i don't know this person i don't know the circumstances you know i I don't i I just know eliza slushinger is running around i didn't even know she had a show I'm not sure she does anymore. I think it was like two years back or something. Jesus. Netflix just really flows through. I mean, if it makes you feel any better, like uh, being on Netflix isn't Netflix famous, you know, because they have so many fucking shows. 
They come and go so quick. What are you doing with your hair, man? Nothing. <laughs> Just doing stuff. I haven't cut my hair since Kobe Bryant died. Is that a, a form of protest or statement, or is it <laughs> and I'm a, not a, a gonna cut it until he comes back, Max. When he comes back, then I'll cut off these luscious locks. Not a second beforehand, okay? Because think about okay. this. Think about what happened when he fucking died. Rona, George Floyd. I mean, everybody's forgetting about Australia being on fire and like billions of animals dying too. That happened like right after. Right after, you're fucking right, man. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. 2020 Listen, has been a year, man. It's there all was, fault. There was this old fucking telenovela called Victorino, okay? And mm. the whole premise of this was that if three of these dudes got in the same room together, like, so, like a natural disaster would happen. Like, like that was literally the whole plot. <laughs> so, did, did, did these three dudes know that? Well, see, that's the weird thing. I don't think so. Like, I'm trying, because again, this was in Spanish before I spoke Spanish, like, at all. And so okay. I was just catching just like every other word, catching like, little yeah. like context clues and shit. Because initially I thought the premise was like, okay, here's the thing when, when, because there's four Victorinos actually. And when they get into the room together, one of them dies. And I'm like, oh, well then you're good. Because like, if it's gotta be all four, just one of them's going to die. Problem solved. You fuckers get to right. be best friends. You can get a fucking duplex together. Doesn't matter to me. Uh, but no, it's just about every time they're in a room together, something really bad would happen. And I guess they were unaware of that. Like, they didn't put it together. Like, every time they right. got together, there's a tsunami in fucking Thailand, and they're just like, I don't know. You, you would think that that would, like, create a negative association for all of them <laughs> with the other Victorinos, you know? Like, even if they weren't conscious of it, you would think that they'd be like, ah, oh, man, I just get a bad feeling every time I think about those guys. It's like I have nothing but bad memories. It's like that episode of Rick and Morty with the parasites. And they're right. Like, all the bad memories that they have. Well, and that—that's my point. That's the Kobe Bryant of it all. That he's like the Victorino. Like, like, like oh. they obviously all got in a, in a room together, and some shit popped off, and it's just been happening over and over again. But he's just the single Victorino, and him existing in the world was the world room was enough. No, 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 no. There are other Victorino. What I what I assume happened is that they was there were another Kobe in that helicopter. Oh my god, that'd be amazing! No, no, no. What I think happened is that uh, they hadn't seen each other in a very long. The last time they saw each other was September eleventh, two thousand one. We all mm. know what happened, okay? So yeah. they, they they made the the plea right then and there to never be in the same room together. Kobe goes down. They go to his funeral, dude, and they visit him Ooh. on the month every month, and that's what happened. Like he died, they fucking went to the funeral. What happened? Australia happened. Man. Just three, three, three Kobe's. Fucking. Yeah. COVID. I know they said that shit started in December. Bullshit. I didn't hear about it in the States until Kobe died. Man. Do you think that maybe Kobe Bryant was eating Kobe beef after seeing the three Kobe's and he just uh, <laughs> fucking... I'm very bad at you right now. What if that was the fourth Kobe? <laughs> it was the fucking beef. Just having a great time eating expensive steak in a helicopter, you know? That is... I, I think about it all the time. Let's get dark for a second, man. How do you want to... Oh, like, if you had... already. <laughs> No, because I was thinking about Virginia Woolf and Kate Chopin, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's the way to do it, man. <laughs> like, because that's the most metal shit in the world. You want to mm. kill yourself quick, you shoot yourself, right? You want right. to take pills, you take a nap. Uh, right. You want to be a badass, you put stones in your pocket and walk into the ocean. I mean, that is the most metal fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, I feel like drowning along with like being on fire would be like two worst ways to go, you know, because right. you're, you're conscious for almost all of it how does that work i mean because i figure you're on fire it doesn't instantly kill you right you would feel it for a minute until the nerve endings like collapse yeah it like has to like reach the subdermal layer of your skin and literally burn away your nerve endings before you stop feeling pain mm. um but at that point you're probably already in shock and right. dead or dying i think here's the thing i burn myself like every now and then like an ash will fall and then it'll hit me and i'm like oh yeah god to like multiply that all right like, like all over <laughs> a million seems, ashes seems pretty terrible like i agree that seems like the worst way to go and yet people will always say fire and drowning because drowning is different there's like the consciousness of like like yeah any, anytime you've had a bite to eat and it went down the wrong way that panic that two seconds of like <gasps> you know what i mean like right and also like when you're t trying to take in more air more water is getting in it's not even just that initial uh, it's more and more and more until your whole fucking chest cavity is filled with water. Oh my God. That's fucking nuts. 
So again, the most metal thing in the world. Those two women are just like, fuck it, man. I'm going to go out. That's how I want to yeah. do it. Like, if I'm going to do it, that's how I'm doing it. But I would have to rig something up that, like, after I expired, they would, like, bloop, and, like, put me back up. Because I don't want to get oh, eaten like a, by like things. Like a Rube, a Rube Goldberg-type device where it, like, lifts you up out of the water and your corpse is just dangling there? Something. Yeah, I just don't want to be eaten by any nibblers in the ocean. And that, that's the first thing they do. They nibble on your eyeballs and stuff. And well, watch you, like, get propelled out of the water and then just the birds of prey start swooping down to start... No, I would have it like I'd be like NASA. Like there, there would be fucking jets and airplanes coming to recover the fucking pod that fell into the ocean and stuff like that. Wow, you were gonna be very important uh, when you die, huh? I mean, I have so many plans. I, I used to tell <laughs> used to tell my ex girlfriend to uh, to freeze me like Han Solo and then yeah. and break me. Do yeah. we have that technology yet? Uh, so soon, so soon. I hope as soon and as then, we do. But then to put me together at holidays, like, oh, let's put grandpa together. Like, I, that was a death that I wanted. Then I wanted to be propped up, um, like, Weekend at Bernie's and, and fake play piano to Billy Preston's Nothing from Nothing. Because that's just an overwhelmingly optimistic song. And if everyone thought I was dead and then I popped up in my coffin and then a keyboard fucking descended and I got shades and I'm like, bum, 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 Yeah, dude. I want to start a dance party at my funeral. What of it? <sighs> Just remind everybody of your rotting corpse playing the piano. My vitality. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that that would be the takeaway uh, when people already know you're dead. They would either think, oh, he's still alive and rush over to you and then realize, no, that's a corpse. Or they'd be like, oh, he's dead. Does a part of you ever want to do the old Tom Sawyer? You know, like fake your death just to see what people say? No. (laughs) No? (laughs) Just... (laughs) Okay, so I think what we're finding out is that I'm a sociopath here today, right? Like, I, <laughs> I always looked at that, and I'm like, that's fucking smart, Tom. Like, you can go down at any point. Like, people are crying over you, and you're just like, no, I'm going to sit and see what happens. Oh, it's like that episode of Always Sunny when uh, Charlie and Mac fake their deaths, and they're hiding in the vents, and everybody's just talking shit about them. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like, I, if I'm being honest, I don't think there would be many nice things people would say. Like, you'd go up there, and you give it the old what, what have you. And then, yeah, I'd, I'd say I'd say nice things, man. Are you fucking kidding me? All right, what give was me that. Can you eulogize me right now? Max McCarty eulogizes Christian Torres. All right, I died. Uh, how did I die? Um, so uh, yeah, uh, Christian tragically, as we all know, uh, filled his his pockets with rocks and walked into the ocean, um, drowning to death. Then uh, as, as soon as he, he was about to breathe his last uh, watery breath, he catapulted himself up into the air, got lit ablaze by flamethrowers. Uh, helicopters uh, swooped in and grabbed his flaming corpse and rushed him out of the area. Uh, he's, he's dead now, but he was paraded over the city uh, for all to see, for all to celebrate one last time. And I just want to say, uh, Christian, uh, you, you, were, you were a fucking champion. You, you were Braveheart, man. Uh, real Braveheart. You know, fucking best friend. And you went out like a fucking champ. And I'm so proud of you. I'm sad you're gone. But, you know, I have a feeling you might be making a reappearance pretty soon. <laughs> the coffin opens up. Dun, 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 dun. My mom screams. She's like, Diablo, Diablo. <laughs> Because I would keep that a secret. Like, that's the thing. That would be on a need-to-know basis. You, Dolores, you're the only people that know what's going to happen at the show. And that's, right. not, that's one of, like, six appearances. It's, it's like the scene in, in Carrie when Carrie carries everyone, you know, and everybody just starts freaking out and, like, yeah. the building gets set on fire and stuff is collapsing and I'm just standing at the podium and, like, I wink at Dolores and she winks at me, you know, and your corpse is still playing the piano everybody's just trying to well, get it out almost of sounded like the red wedding <laughs> like you were like fucking waking at walter <laughs> Frey. jesus christ man well, I, I, if not if not the ocean i've been thinking i watched this guy high wire over a volcano uh like, that's pretty metal <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying you would want to do that and fail oh i don't fuck the high wire i just mean like just jump right into the volcano Oh, damn. Because that would suck, but you have to imagine that's almost instantaneous. You're immediately submerged, so it would suck for... So you don't get submerged in volcano lava. What? Yeah, because it's too solid for you to sink. 
So you would end up just rolling on top of it and it would stick to you and burn through you. Yeah, that's, that's the fucking uh, myth of volcanoes. It's not just like a liquid pool of fire. It's fucking that's, hot, molten rock. Yeah. It's fucking horrific. That's the scariest thing I've ever heard. Never mind. I take it back. And I should have known that death. because that fucking volcano movie with Tommy Lee J, right? Like we, yeah, we TLJ. All, I think about this all the time. I think about this fucking scene all the time, and I can't tell you anything else about this movie, but it's when the, the lava's in the subway, and the mm. guy's got the woman, and he literally like has to jump and throw the woman. Like, physics does not support how this played out on screen, by the way. But he jumps and then lands in the lava, throws the woman, and then just slowly, like, sinks into the lava like it's quicksand or some shit, screaming right. the entire time. It was a smart movie. Is that the hottest stuff in the world? Like, do we have any lava-resistant stuff? Like, stuff that where you could jump into lava and you'd be fine? Yeah, like a suit. I'm not... A lava expert past knowing that you can't just sink into it like a pool. <laughs> That's where my knowledge begins and ends. I just, I, I guess what I was saying is like, yeah, is there, is there any like ice nine or something? You know what I mean? Like, or, you know, or you like, the lava. Well, something, or like even like a, like a, the strongest, what's the strongest metal we have? Is that, what's, uh, what's, let me ask you this. What's your end game here? <laughs> like, what, what do you want to do with lava? I want to go inside the lava, man. I want to see what's going on down there. No one goes into the lava. I feel like there's a reason for that. Listen, we haven't uh, talked to magma since episode seven of this show, and I think it's been a magma? fucking minute, you know? Yeah, it's been a while. That, that was like the first episode I think you and me were both like, oh, shit. That was okay. That was where's, good. Where's the magma? Yeah. Well, because we were like, we'll pitch a new, a new segment of Where's My Burrito, where it's just Max on location. Where's the magma? And you would have to go find the magma. This one, this one, Hawaii was burning down. Like, right. It was nuts. So that happened Man. still. Yeah. Re remember that? Like, that was like the scariest thing that was happening in our country at that time. Right. And that was in the ocean. We were like, hey. <laughs> like it's bad. We, we but, managed like, to go thirty minutes with barely a mention of anything that's going on in the world right now. And I'm, yeah. I don't know if I'm proud of ourselves or not. Like, I'm kind of proud. Uh, yeah, I like to bury I thought, I thought we would just jump right into it. Because we had a false start where the internet took a, took a dump, yeah. you know, and we immediately launched into it. Yeah, and, and I felt like that was God saying, talk about magma first. You know yeah, what I mean? So talk, like, talk about Louis C.K. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I, don't, I'm, I, I just want to be a lava villain. That's all. But... You know. When you say a lava villain, do you want to be like in a suit that shoots lava or someone who can manipulate lava like Magneto can manipulate metal? Let me ask you a question, man, because I, I got a lot of lava questions right now, okay. which is like, let's say you went to a volcano. You went to Mount yeah. St. Helens or something like I'm that. I'm with you're, you so far. You're, sure. you're looking into the crater. You see the fucking right. volcanic rock. And then you see, like a fuck, you see like a fin. Oh, in the lot exactly, dude. Because if anything, we don't know what's down there, man. Like I would uh, get on my phone. I'd say, "Hey, science, get over here." <laughs> There's a lava shark. I've seen it. <laughs> we gotta it build to a lava submarine, or leave it alone. Right, like it's lived this long. It hasn't fucked with us. It hasn't like, done anything. <laughs> let them live. Uh, yeah, we let them go. <laughs> Yellowstone has that thing, man. That's what everyone says. The world's going to end. Yellowstone, volcano. I don't have volcano plans. I think I've said this on the podcast before. When I was in the Amalfi Coast the first time, I checked the blast radius if Vesuvius were to go off again. Because, like, they just built a fucking city at the base of that thing. Like, they knew about Pompeii and were like, eh, fuck it. Like, let's just build more shit around here. And so sure. I just kept thinking that immediately. Like, what are my plans? Like, if the volcano goes off, I'm fucked. Like I, the first thing I do is I go to the harbor. I steal a boat. You know what I mean? Like I just drive into the Mediterranean as long as I can, and hopefully right. no sharks get me and, and no, no octopi or anything. You know? I mean, this is coming from somebody who's just talking about like either getting lit on fire or drowning on purpose, and now you're talking about escape plan for lava. Like I feel like lava is giving you a chance. It's offering its hand in kindness and saying, "Hey, walk with me, man. You want to fucking experience lava?" So what you're saying is this, like in both of those scenarios, I'm profoundly depressed and I'm like going to take my own life. That's why I'm thinking about it. But you're saying, even if I'm super fucking happy, like wife, three kids, millionaire, got a 401k and shit like that. If lava comes up to you, you don't walk away from the table. Okay. That's not, yeah. That's a fucking opportunity. Like you don't say no to that opportunity. Like when are you going to get that chance again? 
Well, the way I look at it, if I steal a boat and the lava can somehow make it over to me, I got the water and I got lava still. Like, I got the best of both worlds. I can kill myself okay. in liquidy with lava. So you want to die knowing that you at least uh, gave it a, a solid go. You, you yeah, gave it a chance. Yeah. All right. I mean, I can... I can support that, I guess. Do you do you think in our lifetimes that we might see something like that? Like like if the Yellowstone thing goes off, it destroys a fucking quarter of the fucking country. Like and then and then you know all those jokes like in Brockmire about the disputed lands and shit like that. Like that should, that'll happen. Like it really it will. It fucking could, man. And there's a lot. There's a lot that could happen. Uh, fucking climate change. You know, asteroids, storms, asteroids, <laughs> asteroids as they're called colloquially. <laughs> Uh, the moon could explode and rain moon stuff on on us. And then is that a thing that could happen? It happened in the time machine. H.G. Wells, he called it. Well, and then and then half of humanity went underground and turned into subhuman creatures, and the other half turned into tribal people, and then they had a war with the subterranean people. Remember that Descent movie, man? Remember that Descent movie? Yes, I do. Because weren't they people? Wasn't that the implication? Like once upon a time, they were people, but now they're like mole people. Well, yeah, but they didn't they didn't really explain it. They just were like, Yeah, they're cannibals and they're blind and they live underground. Well, because that because I like well, I like that idea of that film because it what it presupposes is that okay, we are all animals. Yes, we are evolution. This isn't a what you call it. Like if we lived underground, our eyes would uh, not be as useful. So over right. like generations and generations and eons and eons, like we wouldn't need that shit anymore. Yeah. They, they got no pigment. They're just eating people. There's piles of bones everywhere and pools of blood. It's like, here's my question about that movie, though, is how are they eating that many people without people, like, no, noticing? What do you mean? Why people love spelunking? You know? Like, that's a... We didn't make that word up. People of color did not make the word spelunking up, I promise you. Yeah. No further statement. I'm just letting you know. Like, why are you asking me? Like, like the, you, you, you answered your own question. Oh, I'm, I'm posing. I'm just posing a question. Is like, uh, like 100 of people that go into this cave don't come back out. Maybe we should not go into this cave anymore. Yeah, I mean that's certainly an option. But I am fascinated by that in general because human evolution is a thing that more than likely, because of the fuck ups of humanity, is going to be a thing. I mean, we know it's going to be a thing as long as we survive. Like, we'll adapt and whatnot. But so you think it's going to be like? like human de-evolution? You think that we're going to turn into a bunch of like monstrous cave dwellers or like uh, rabid uh, mutant people or uh, may maybe super smart gray boys? <laughs> I think that it's likely that if we fuck ourselves with nuclear fallout and we have to go underground, like, yes, we'll change. If we fuck up our air quality, we'll grow not gills but some sort of fucking infiltration like a secondary ability to fucking breathe you know what i'm saying like right and, and that's what I happens mean, i i feel like the more likely thing here and this is a very cyberpunk idea um but like i feel like the more likely thing is that that we engineer our own change we 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 engineer our own evolution we like create fucking adapters and replacement organs and shit for us to to survive in hospitable conditions and shit maybe transmit our, our consciousness into a neural network or some shit. I don't know. That'd be kind of metal. <clears throat> yeah. Kind of. I, I just mean, it'd be scary that we could like give each other computer viruses on top of regular viruses. You know, you got to have like Norton uh, or McAfee installed. Yeah, like you got to get like Norton or McAfee, you know, antivirus installed in your brain, you know, get fucking like de defragment your, your C drive. This is, this is why I have a Mac because I don't know what any of that means. I've never installed a fucking thing and, I, and it's like, oh, I buy a box and nothing bad happens. Okay, I'm done. Like, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, and you like consoles for the same reason, right? Like, like you, you just, you, you want a one and done type situation yeah because i'm a basic there. bitch like I, i'll be the first to admit listen i've seen things run on like like i wish i had a fucking rig to run cyberpunk you know what i'm saying like i'm so yeah. excited about that but like it, it's just the convenience of being able to plug in and do something and it's fine it looks good you know yeah. it's like, if you don't know that there's something better out there you're fine it's once you yeah, know there's yeah. something else you get pissed off that the world hates you yeah, no, it's it's very very fucking true, and like the the world of PC building, which I'm about to build a new rig, is a fucking nightmare. 
because you have to watch so many fucking videos and read so many things to like be on the cutting edge or whatever. And there are compatibility issues and you got to know what's going to fit in your case and what's going to be the correct power supply and all that shit. So that's a nightmare I'm going through right now while still trying to budget, you know, but I got a pretty lit case, man. I got that part squared away. It's like a mirror, mirror windows on it. Space gray. I don't have anything else. When you build computers, do you ever get the overwhelming sense that we're in a computer simulation? I don't mean that in a shitty way. I just mean like legit. Because it would stand to reason if we, like if Grand Theft Auto was real, if, yeah. uh, if Trevor was real and he got wind of his reality not being necessarily, you know, like we're controlling shit. It would stand to reason that he would be like, are we in a simulation? And that would be our first thought too I, as a species. Yeah, I, I was I was like rolling or uh, kind of rolling this idea around in my head uh, recently of like a like a short form horror movie where a guy realizes that he's like an, an NPC in a uh, simulated uh, uh, environment that isn't finished. So he oh. just like runs into like, like a, an, an abandoned game and he just like is like in this skyscraper runs into like hallways that just turn completely black or like, you know, fucking textures that don't load and shit. But I never went anywhere with it because, like, who cares about NPC, man? That's not a compelling character. Well, they're making that movie with uh, Ryan Reynolds now, so. <sighs> well, shit. Yeah, you got beat, bro. A lot of our ideas beat. get beat, to be fair. We, we think of them three years before they happen, and then we're like, god damn it. That's why we just need to make things, you know, and then copyright them and then sue Hollywood, you right. know, when they make their big money idea. And then we go, hey, we did it first. Here it is. Okay. We get a little settlement money, and that's how we make our money. It's it's like the writer's equivalent of uh, you know jumping in front of a car and being like you know in front of a Bentley and being yeah, like, hey. I'm flush with cash now. Yeah, yeah. The Jean Ralphio technique. So I'll get all my technique. I've been hit by seven Bentleys. All right, and I'll be hit by seventeen more. <laughs> but we're going to be fully funded for this project. <laughs> It's a good technique, man. What a good producer. <laughs> like when, yeah. when we win the Oscar later on, he's like, 24 Bentleys this motherfucker jumped in front of. Actually, it was like six Bentleys four times. It was nuts. I don't understand how he did that or how the owners didn't get wind of it, but whatever. This Oscar says everything. And then they let me talk, but I'm paralyzed. Like, <laughs> jaws wired shut. <laughs> These weren't small injuries, man. <laughs> like, right. Bentley was going pretty fast. And I've actually put myself in debt from all the medical bills. Like, there was no way to cover that. I'm operating at a loss here. But it's worth it. It's my job. Got a statue, man. Little little Oscar. A little Mexican statue, man. Which is amazing. Yo, they're tearing down some statues right now. I feel like I heard about that. Yeah. yeah, Like, like just just speaking in positive terms here. Yeah. You know, uh, this is starting to yield results, you know? marginal but still yeah. some stuff is happening so so all right so let's just get into this all right so there probably ain't gonna be any laughs for the rest of the show we just put that out there and there doesn't need to be because i don't think this is like oh we have to find the pressure of finding a funny joke during the george floyd fucking protest i don't think there's anything funny about it but uh i would say this yeah seeing statues go down confederate statues go down is fucking heartwarming man well, that, that Philly mayor uh, what was it rizzo or something like yeah, that rizzo. whoever was yeah he uh they tore his shit down too yeah, fuck Rizzo. He's a piece of shit. He was historically a really bad guy. I mean, like, yeah, look it up. Yeah, he said vote white or something like <laughs> yeah. that, yeah. Uh, and also what the cops were doing in Philly to those Vine Street protesters. Like, that's part of a highway. There's a high wall. Have you seen this? They were just throwing tear gas, and there's, like, they were trapped. Yeah. They couldn't get out. Yeah. Fucking cowards. Um, so it's like, I think that that's really good. And then I think we were talking about this the other day. Like, the, the Flint, Michigan police chief, like, marched, like, took a knee, peacefully protested. And I think that's a wonderful thing. And I, and I had to stop myself because the first impulse, and I think this is a problem with our society right now, is to be like, okay, you did good, but what about this? You know what I mean? Right. To immediately take away from the some good that we're getting to try to talk about how we're not getting everything good. So yeah. I'm trying to put the cynicism away. I think that it's cool. Uh, I don't know. Let me say one last thing. It does feel different and it feels like Trump is genuinely fucking scared. And it seems like he's trying to play chicken with the train as cowboy Troy would say. Okay. Like if he thinks that escalating is going to win him anything, he's going to fuck up. Like if, if he, if he throw like, cause here's the thing, just purely objectively, I'm not trying to be even political, but like Corona, over 100,000 fucking people dead, over 48 million people unemployed. Uh, you have riots happening in 
double digit fucking major cities across the country. Like as a, as a snapshot of a presidency, I've never seen something so anarchic, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so something so fucking crazy. And that says a lot to me about this guy has completely lost control. Uh, Mattis is going out there calling him a fucking liability saying he doesn't trust him. He doesn't believe, you know, he's like a good altogether kind of guy. His uh, secretary of defense is like, no, we shouldn't use military force for the first time. I feel like I do see cracks in the armor. Uh, and I and I and I hope this like we could storm the Bastille as it were because for the first time I was like maybe we can fucking get this guy. So I'm gonna be the cynical one at this point and say that I don't want to ever fall into the trap again because this is a trap I fell into time after time after time with him uh, that a lot of people fell into where they were like oh we're starting to see the cracks in the armor we're starting to see like the chain of command breaking down like from the first weeks of his presidency. There was all these rumors of infighting and his uh, presidency was imploding and this and that. And this might be different. And I could be wrong and I hope to fuck I'm wrong. But a part of me thinks that this is kind of exactly what he wants. Like this kind of civil unrest. I think he is trying to start a fucking race war. I think that this, if anything, this situation plays not, not right into his hands, but it's something that he probably sees an advantage in. You know what I mean? Well, I don't disagree with you, but what I would say to that is, like, that seems to me like a guy who knows he's not going to fucking win. And before all this shit, I thought he was very much in the, like, he's going to win bandwagon. And now I really don't. I just think there's just too much. There's just too many. He's he's, he's Napoleon finding too many fronts. You know what I'm saying? That, That is something I'll say is, like, he's going to cheat like hell in order to stay where he's at. And we need to be fucking ready for that and vigilant as all hell. You know, deep fakes are a thing right now which is scary enough as it is. Um, and I'm sure that like he'll try to declare martial law or try to suspend the election or try to limit the number of people that can vote in places in which uh, he would get unseated. Um, so we need to be vigilant as fuck. Uh, no, I'm not disagreeing with that. What I, what I honestly think, though, is a part of me thinks that maybe he knows that he's kind of fucked here, and now he's just trying to make it as fractured as fucking possible leading up to November. Like, no matter what. So even if Joe Biden wins, what is he inheriting? like the most fractured uh, America ever. And we thought in 2016, well, can't get any more fractured than that. And I think somehow he's figured it out, you know? He made America so great that it actually like looped around and got bad again somehow. It's like the Tommy Wiseau's The Room, you know? He made something so bad it became good. Um, yeah, no, he, uh, he's doing a great job at what he's trying to do, I guess. I don't fucking know, but like, like, uh, I've read some articles about Biden and it's like Biden is at least so far rising to the occasion, uh, in terms of like, he's doing what he needs to do. Um, and I haven't so far seen too much talk about, you know, oh, should have been Bernie this or that. Like, I feel like this, these uh, circumstances might kind of shift the liberal public perception purity test shit. And hopefully, like, band us together on something and, like, rally behind Biden. Um, And this gives Biden the opportunity, uh, if anything does, to uh, fucking pull an FDR, man. Like, these are the the fucking circumstances in which you can kind of not collapse the system, but sort of build something on top of what's broken. Right. Uh, And by the way, I just want to talk historically for a second, which is, like, if you think FDR wasn't a racist, like, y'all a little crazy. FDR was a racist. Of course he was. You know what I mean? Uh, but he was also smart enough to like know that a country is healthy when its citizens are better taken care of. Like the New yeah. Deal was, for a lot of Black Americans, the biggest pivotal thing that had happened since Reconstruction until the Civil Rights Act of the 60s, right? So right. it's like, it's the same thing where it's like, I don't, I, I don't care what reasons people do the right thing as long as they do the right thing. And yeah. even if it's an opportunistic thing, I don't care. You're going to get mad yeah. that someone's intentions aren't pure as long as we're still getting the thing that we ultimately need to get. I don't care. And, and that's always been my thing with like establishment Democrats, you know, where people are like so against like, uh, oh, if it's Hillary, I'm not even going to fucking vote because it wasn't right. Bernie. Or if it's Joe, I'm not going to fucking vote. And it's like that's just shooting ourselves in the foot because that's basically handing a vote off to somebody else like in these fucking dark and dreary times. And it's like I can't wait man, I can't wait to get to a place in this country in which we can have a war of ideas in which we can fucking reformat the Democratic Party and push more like liberal or progressive ideas forward. And maybe maybe that time will will come soon. You know, maybe Joe Biden will be that guy and he'll listen. He'll fucking you know, get shit done. For now, I'm just happy with anybody that isn't Donald fucking Trump and hopefully Mitch McConnell. 
Just some limit. I want. I really want to ask you this: Is like some part of you, if this turns into like a march on Washington, like mm-hmm. if a hundred thousand people show up in Washington and they're like, "We're removing this fucker." Like, is that something that you're willing to be a part? Like, I, I'm looking at tickets already, bro. Like, I'm, I'm sitting here being like, I don't know. I know that's going to get shitty. I know there'll be riots and I know there'll be protests and shit like that. But, like, we've never seen the forcible removal of a president before. Oh, are you saying if he wins or something? No, I'm just saying, like, if he keeps doing what he's doing. Like, the other day, you saw the D.C. thing, the peaceful protesters, mm-hmm. and he tear gasses them because he can. Like, that's yeah. the kind of shit that, like, <clears throat> that was the incident that my mom's friend, who is a staunch Republican didn't vote for Trump, but didn't vote for Hillary either in 2016. Uh, mm-hmm. was like, I'm ashamed to be a part of a party that, that sanctions this kind of behavior. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, if he just keeps doing that shit, if he really calls in the military on people, like people march on Washington and forcibly remove that guy. I'm just saying we, our generation has not had a worthy cause. We just haven't. We really haven't. Like I, we, I think about World War II and those guys are fucking like racist by and large, but they saw evil in the world and they answered the call. And we haven't really had that same kind of existential threat until this guy showed up and then mm-hmm. decided to really show us how fucking thin that line is between chaos and uh, civilization, you know? Yeah. Um, in terms of like uh, forcibly removing him from office, I don't think that's the answer. Uh, I, and I understand that fucking like I, I want to do that for sure. I mean, I've been feeling that since the, the dude got elected, if not before. Like, and, and that's, that's the fucking thing um, that, and I don't want to get shitty with people who are like just now realizing this, but for anybody who's just now realizing that this is not a good dude, like, where have you fucking been? Like, the, none of this should be too surprising, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't surprising. Like, in 2015, he was making fucking racially charged remarks in fucking the nixon administration investigated him for being racist like it's not fucking uh, like and we're talking about nixon here like it's it's not a surprise or shock to anybody um i don't know but in terms of forcibly removing him uh, i feel like that would uh end in strongman tactics and a lot of dead protesters um and that's what's fucking terrifying to me and it's like, uh, is that what you're talking about? Like, yeah, but I don't, but, but that's what I'm saying. It's like revolutions aren't fucking victimless. Like they aren't. And right. I understand what you're saying. And it's like, but that is a worthy cause. Like I'll put myself in potential danger to, to march against someone that's evil. No, like storm the gates and all that. I straight up, dude. Like, because that's what I was saying to Dolores. And I think I said it to you a little bit. You gave me a look. You're like, I don't know, Christian. But I was like, if 50, if a hundred thousand people show up on Washington, and they literally show up and they try to get in. What are they going to fucking throw bombs into 50,000 people? Like, no, I, yes. think, I think I, I don't think 50,000 people. I think people are going to be like, you know what? Um, I'm sitting this one fucking out because it's yeah. not like it's not like like 50,000 people went up to Obama. But Obama didn't do anything wrong. He didn't break any civil liberties or institutions. Like, that's the right. thing that drives me crazy. Like, people who are bound by duty. It's like we need a bunch of Jamie Lannisters right now, man. We need mm-hmm. a lot of people to just look the other way. You know what I mean? If if they don't want to fucking slay the king themselves, they need to just leave a gate unlocked or something. And like, and I don't want him to be hurt. I don't want him to be killed or anything. Let me be perfectly clear. I don't. I don't wish the death of Donald Trump, but he needs to forcibly be removed. And for you to say that he's not even a little bit scared, you didn't say that. But I think he's definitely scared, man. I don't think the, the White House goes dark. I don't think he hangs out in a bunker if he feels like he's secure. If he feels like he really has a grasp on the situation. Yeah, no, I, I'm just saying that I don't think that, like, I think that people, the mistake that people have made throughout the course of his presidency is that they're always looking for that sign that finally, this is going to be the thing that does him in, or finally, this is the thing where he's just going to hang his fucking, you know, put his hat on and resign and say effective immediately, you know, but it just hasn't happened yet. So it's like whatever fear he might be fe- feeling or whatever degree to which he's feel- feeling that fear, and I don't doubt that he is. Uh, I, I don't think that it's going to amount like I, I don't want to fall into that trap of hoping that it's going to amount and change on his end. You know what I mean? It's oh, not going to be like gonna, a crisis. I don't think he's changing. I think he is yeah. true blue and I'll give him that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I just think yeah. that it's I think it's time and I think people are really fed up, man. I do. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, like, yeah, I'm not supposed to be happy about violence, but you saw that cr- crossbow guy. Holy shit. That I love that video. I got to tell you, like, not when he shot somebody, but uh you didn't see this? Okay, so this motherfucker, I think in Minnesota, comes out in the middle of the highway that was blocked off with a crossbow, 
And he's like, all lives matter. All lives matter, being one of these fucking guys. And he mm. points a crossbow at a couple people. And I think he shot someone with a crossbow. But literally, the, the footage of this has this Wait, guy. So while chanting all lives matter, he's shooting people with a crossbow? Kind of. So the, this woman who was talking to him and recording him was like, you're un-American. I'm so American. All lives matter, he says. And then, like, he literally lifts up his bow. And he and they're like, how fucking dare you, blah, blah, blah. He shoots somebody. I see someone fall to the ground. I can't make the correlation of he got struck by the, the thing and then fell to the ground or if he just fell to the ground. But mm-hmm. immediately... Like, like, you, you, like, remember that video you showed me of the bees killing that fucking hornet? You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Like, like that. Like, sw- everyone swarms this guy and is beating the shit out of him. And I know I'm not supposed to be happy about violence, but, like, that motherfucker learned a lesson that day, okay? I don't know what he was thinking. Rolling up into the right. middle of a protest trying to scare people. Oh, I loved it. it. Made me so happy. Yeah, no, I mean, sometimes violence is the fucking answer. And I, I don't want to, like, say that, like, uh, <laughs> I mean, it fucking is. And, and it's like, I, I don't want to sit here and say, like, uh, preach complacency and let's just play it safe or whatever. I want to see how this election goes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, uh, let, let's see what the next few months have in store for us. We're, we're living day to day, hour to hour, man. Like, legit. Like, today was actually a decent day for justice in some in some respects. Like, the dude right. did a... Uh, fucking kill George Floyd. He got his charges up to second degree. Should be first, but whatever. And then the other officers got charged as well. In the wow. state of uh, whatever is uh, investigating the police departments there. I know that LA, um, somebody just proposed that the LAPD be defunded by over $50 million. Yep. Um, there's a lot of very serious conversations about defunding the police or uh, transferring um, policing duties to uh, nonviolent de-escalation uh organizations and stuff like there's a lot of conversation about what should we be doing about the police like should we uh start thinking about maybe doing away with them altogether rethink community policing um well i see that's my thing about policing i feel like it has lacked being a community thing for a long time like i as as like i remember beat cops in dc i remember seeing the same couple cops in dc growing up uh yeah and and they they were and you knew, knew them. They knew us, and it was cool. There was like an actual community aspect to it. You know what I'm saying? Right. And that, they, they talk about in the, that in the wire. I remember that scene, and I'll never forget it. It's such a small scene where the lady is like, they're having like a little like town hall or whatever um, with the local police precinct, and and the lady is like, there there used to be a young man who would come by every day, and I knew his name, and he knew my family and everything, and they weren't the other to right. the police and we're seeing like so much evidence that police see their communities as an other right. you know no and that's what i've been saying i think the saddest thing in the world is like that some people can't understand that the thing that you feel security and safety for when you see is something that brings us dread <laughs> like i see yeah. a cop i get scared like i tense up i i am visibly worried and that's because mm-hmm. of like i've had bad experiences with the cops before uh, so it should be that. I've always thought that. Like, we, we, we should get cops back on feet. I really believe that. <laughs> like, get them in the neighborhoods. Get them fucking talking to people. Like, and, and, would, and build a relationship that would, way. It would help if they were actually from the neighborhoods they're policing, too. You know? Right. Which, which I know isn't always possible. I know that that's maybe a far-fetched, far-fetched idea. But if they're a member of the community... Um, that they're policing, then that I think makes a fucking difference. Right. Like if you see him going to Publix and shit on his off days, you know what I mean? Like you see him paying his His fucking phone bill. (laughs) If his kids go to school at the same school that your kids go to, you know, maybe that'll help build a little bit of empathy. Maybe we should make uh, policing a higher paid, um, more selective job with more training focus because I've, I've seen like the charts and i'm sorry i'm just laying all this i've read a lot about this recently and i've just seen the charts of like the amount of hours that police uh, get trained in like uh, firearm training versus de-escalation training and it's it's fucking not surprisingly uh way out of balance for firearms or unconscious biases which dolores yeah. was talking to me about because they do that in higher ed which she works on uh, and th- she is proposing that they, they, they need to do continuing education for unconscious bias. You don't get to do it once and get your certificate and be like, I'm not a racist. <laughs> like right. you, you really should constantly have that shit checked out uh, because I don't know. And like, that's what leads to all these problems, man. Like that, that's, that's literally what it is, is someone has a negative association with one fucking person of, of another race and they, that's what they're all like, man. And I just think that that's such a reductive fucking thing. The guy who killed George Floyd knew George Floyd, which is even more fucking horrific. 
you know, because mm-hmm. it's like, how could you know someone they're screaming out for their mother? You didn't see that episode, but me and Corey talked about this on the other show. Um, and it's just like, that's fucking emotional, man, because that's not okay. Like, and I think we all know that's not okay, but if there's any single image that should reach everybody, no matter what the religion or what the fucking race is, it's like, Stu is calling off for his mom, man. Like, that is yeah. so fucking sad and so, like, inhumane that anyone could do that. Uh, so, so I just think about that all the time and it's like the, the police need to be properly vetted, but they also need to be people who have basic fucking human compassion. And so often we hear about these people who have multiple fucking uh, brutality yeah. complaints and shit like that. And they just keep getting swept under the rug. And, and that's the thing is like, we need to increase accountability for police. It's like, they are not held to the same standard as the public for infractions. Right. And it's, it's ridiculous. Like that whole police trope and like bad police shows are like, I am the law. I'm above the law. And it's like, it's not fucking that far off. They kind mm-hmm. of are. Um, yeah. So if, if they were held to the same standard as us, if not a higher standard, that'd be a place to start. All right, so now I'm going to rant a little bit, which is like all the things that we know of in our society are just forms of other things that our society has told us are bad. Airlines are cartels. Look it up. It's literally the definition of it. And, and the police are kind of like sanctioned gangs, man. Like that's what they are. They all wear the same uniform. They all play for the same team and they have lethal fucking force. And most of the time, and I just found this out by reading a lot of stuff, if you shoot in the field, almost always you can get away with it like you can you just have to say oh i feared for my life i thought he had a gun mm-hmm. and maybe that was easier before body cams and shit and surveillance came in but like for the most part for the longest time if an officer was felt to be so beyond reproach that if they said oh i was scared for my life you got out of it immediately right so that was that that 13 year old boy i forget his name and i'm sorry but who had a toy gun or something at a playground and like the cops saw him and within two seconds of getting out of the car they'd shot him already that's nuts that's like fucking crazy the dude. situation within two seconds that's not an exaggeration and it's like that that's one of a thousand million stories you know yeah again and i'm and i'm just at the point too where i'm just so tired about uh can you imagine if a black dude like as we've been saying that it's like obama's fucking president <laughs> like, like and it's just a bit but that's the thing like of course we don't have to imagine it we've seen it like we've seen that white people can go up with automatic rifles and it's fine you know, mm-hmm. like we're going to, we're going to, we're going to take care of everybody. Fucking David Koresh, white dude uh, running a child sex religion thing. They stood outside of Waco for how long, right? Instead of like going right. in there. And I realized they fucking killed David Koresh. I'm not trying to, you know, but well, there's a level of respect for those people that is not given to other people. It's all- sure. I mean, just like the fact that white supremacist organizations haven't been giving, given the terrorist labeling by Trump. Um, the the fact that like the investigation units that were supposed to keep an eye on them uh, were defunded by this administration. Uh, the fact that he's calling Antifa, which is a not even an organization. It's a fucking ideology. It's an idea. The idea being we're not for fascism. Right. Um, he's calling them terrorists, though. And what he's basically doing there, and this is like the most terrifying implication out of all of this for me because the FBI is starting to like question people now on this basis is that he's basically uh, labeling protesters as terrorists. Mm-hmm. So he's taking the first amendment and he's taking a big fat shit on it. While, I'm, while I'm, still preaching that the first amendment is a fucking valuable tool. In yeah. I'm purposefully trying to push whatever line it is to get flagged on something like, like, cause what yeah. I want is I really want the FBI to show up and be like, Hey, uh, did you say this? Yeah. I fucking said it fuck you it's freedom of speech go literally suck my dick you got a warrant okay fuck you and i'm gonna close the door because that's ridiculous to me i should be able to say literally anything i want i should be Mm -hmm. able to say anything i want that's the whole fucking point and what's so funny to me is this idea of well stop it don't do that i should be able to say anything i want max (laughs) don't do that i find it hilarious that a guy like like antifa people oh fascist you're a commie you uh, like in their mind, they don't realize that what he's doing is like, much like you said earlier, like he made America so great, it circled back to being bad. It's like, that's kind of the same thing. Like, I, we look at fascism and communism, and yeah, they're different, but they're like different in execution. Like, what is he doing that's any different? He's still pulling all the resources to give to his to the, top, the higher ups. It's like, it's literally the thing that you're freaking out about. Yeah, he's, he's uh, it's almost like he's a fucking hypocrite. What? I know. <laughs> It's, uh, it's shocking. Uh, yeah, like, like we, uh, we could spend 
hours going through all the data. Airlines are cartels. Look it up, okay? They fucking monopolized the space and then they jacked the prices up. Back in the day, it was about comfort and luxury, okay? Like economy. Howard Hughes, man. That's all he wanted. He wanted you to be able to smoke and sip a cocktail and, you know, stare off into the sunset, you know, while thinking about the future. We got to the moon in 1969 where you could yeah. smoke on all fucking flights, okay? And smoke right. in all restaurants. And Even the astronauts were probably smoking in, in their air pressurized uh, container. I, goddamn right. <laughs> That's the first thing Neil Armstrong did on the moon. He's like, all right. <laughs> he couldn't get the fire going. He was so mad. He was like, Fuck. Just like inside the mask, like he had it rigged up. But he's like, I got to take a celebratory drag. He like opens the mask. He's like, fuck me. He just floats off on national TV. (laughs) Well.